Let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning. It's so good to us, amen. That reckless love, uh, uh, it's, it just goes, goes without saying that God, he, just, he loves us so much that he's willing to, to, to come out and to, and to leave the 99, to go to those who, who need him the most. And I, I believe that's the call for the church, to love in that same way. That we are to love, not as the world loves, but we are to love as our Father loves above. And, and we seek Him in those ways, but I, I, we get in trouble a lot of times when we begin to do things in what we think is right. We base our actions on what we feel is right. But we don't do that as believers in Jesus Christ. We are, we are believers who, who seek God's will in our life. We live in a day and an age where it seems like people are just seeking to do things based on what's right for them in the moment. But we know by the rock hard truths in scripture that it is through God that we have freedom. It is through God that we have life. It's not our own thoughts. There's a way that seems right to us, but the end is death. And so we seek to know God. We seek to, to follow this, this God who's reckless and re relentless. He's all these things, right? This is the God of the Bible. This is the God of creation. This is the God of the church. And so we seek to, to live a life that glorifies Him, that seeks to, to lead others to Him. Your life ought to be a light to the world. People ought to look at you and want to know more about God. It's not about your, the name on the door or the name that you give after, uh, after yourself. It's, what matters is, is what God thinks of us. What matters is, is what God is saying about us. It doesn't matter what people may say about Daniel. What matters is what God says about Daniel. What God says about you. And, and here we see in the story of David, he, he, he's, he's kind of hanging out with the wrong people. Have you guys ever done something wrong or bad, made bad decisions because you were stressed? Some of you are nodding your heads. How many of you have made bad decisions because you were stressed? Okay, some of you are not agreeing. You're like, nah, I never made any bad decisions in my life. There's probably been a few times you stopped off at McDonald's, right? Because you were stressed. Wait for that second piece of pie. But you know, when we're thinking about who God is, it's not about what the world says about us. It's not what we even think about us. We live in a day and age where it's all about, well, what do you think about yourself? What makes you happy? Does sitting in church make you happy? Does listening to a preacher make you happy? Does, does, does drinking away your fears make you happy? Does injecting things in your system, does that make you happy? Does sleeping with this person make you happy? Does associating with these types of people, does that make you happy? None of this matters. Because in the end, our happiness only comes from knowing Jesus. Does everybody hear that? You can search for happiness all over the world and you're never going to find it. it. It may last for a, a temporary amount of time. I've sat on beaches in the Caribbean and I was happy, but those times end. When you think about it in, in the big context here, I believe everybody in this world wants a lasting happiness. David, 
As we've been studying about him, he, of course, he's stressed he's making bad decisions left and right. And today, I want you to, guys to, if you'll turn there to, to 1 Samuel chapter 27. It's going to be up on the screens this morning as well. But 1 Samuel chapter 27, in four verses, we kind of see um, the effects of stress on someone's life. And I believe we can all relate to this because I think everyone gets stressed. There's a lot of teachers here, <laughs> right? Y'all ever get stressed? A lot of parents here. You ever get stressed? I think I'm suffering because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping Jaron during the day, right? And so he's following Daddy around and doing pastor stuff with Daddy. He likes to come up to the, the office and watch VeggieTales with me. But um, now I have a reason to watch VeggieTales again. But he's following me around, this little, this little baby, you know, this little four-month-old, almost five-month-old, just bundle of joy. But I was telling somebody the other day, and I, was, I think I was telling Joni too, I, I feel like sometimes I have mom brain, you know, just keeping him. I just, I'm forgetting stuff. I'm, I'm uh, you know, there, there's, there's things that happen. My dog got out the other day and was running around the yard, and I'm purposefully going to get her, right? And she runs by me, and in my forgetfulness, I'm just like, oh, hey, puppy, and just kept walking. I don't know what I was doing. I should have been grabbing her by the collar and taking her back to the kennel, but I, I didn't. But in these stressful times, it's, it's important that we remember who our strength is. It's not ourselves. Some trust in chariots and armies and money and, and prestige, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Let's look at this, this passage of scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 27, starting at verse 1. It says, Then David said in his heart, everybody mark that, okay? This is going to be a big point for today. Then David said in his heart, now I shall perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than I should escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of seeking me any longer within the borders of Israel, and I shall escape out of his hands. So David arose and he went over, he and the 600 men who were with him, to Achish the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David lived with Achish at Gath, he and his men, every man with his household, and David with his two wives, Ahanom and Jezreel, and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. And when it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, he no longer sought him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we've looked at this passage, Lord, we're seeing some bad decisions made by a guy who's supposed to be having faith in you. Lord, I can relate to that. I know that sometimes I make bad decisions when I, I really ought to just be trusting in you and, and seeking your will for my life. Lord, I just ask today as we, as we look at this that we would begin to, to make more informed decisions. Lord, not because we turn to ourselves, but because we turn to godly counsel. And then we turn to God himself. We ask this in your most holy name. Amen. We've all made bad decisions, no doubt. Everybody here has made a bad decision at some point. You're kind of like, man, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I go here? And here we see the story of David. David, again, is stressed. King Saul is pursuing him to kill him. He's going through a lot of tumultuous times in these previous chapters here. And, and he gets to a point, he says, you know what, I'm just going to run away. 
I'm just going to run away. I, I, I can't get away from Saul. His hands are everywhere. I'm just going to run away. You ever wanted to run away? You ever just wanted to just give up, just go somewhere and do something else? I see people do it all the time. They, they give up on their families. They give up on the church. They give up on their jobs. They give up on their country. If one thing I can say to the American Christian today is don't give up on America. Because here's the thing, it's not going to come through politics in which our our nation will be revived. It's going to come through Jesus being proclaimed. So we know that that is possible. We get get an end times mentality. Well, the Bible says things are going to get worse. It does say things are going to get worse, but it doesn't have to get worse here. You have the light of life in in your veins. You have the words that, that can change people's lives. And as a Christian, that's, that's what we do. We proclaim the gospel. Are we always popular for it? No. Do people come against the church? Yeah, they do. But it's much like before you came to know Christ, you probably resisted him as well. You wanted to do what you wanted to do. There is a way that seems right to us, but the end is death. And, and David hasn't hit that point yet. He's making these bad decisions. And in that first verse, it says that David says in his heart. Did everybody catch that? David has a thought. And he reasons within himself what's the right thing to do here. And he decides to go and live with the enemy. This is, this is, this is the, the gist of the story. You, you have a man who's been anointed by God to be the king of Israel. Some guy's trying to kill him, and so he's stressed, and he's making bad decisions. And so what does he do? He reasons within himself. No doubt in this place, some of y'all are making some really big decisions right now. You, you have things that you've got you to pull the trigger on at some point, right? You've got to make a decision today or tomorrow or in the next few weeks. And, and it's really easy just to reason to what feels good right here, what seems right. But the truth is, is that that's not the call of the believer. And I want to look at three points this morning. And I want us to, to kind of focus on this because I believe that, that David said in his heart those are very dangerous words that we read here in Scripture. And no doubt we've all said in our heart and made decisions on what we said in our hearts. What, he, what you say to yourself. Do you realize today that your heart is deceitful? I already mentioned McDonald's. Man, they've, they've got some good food there, but that's not necessarily the best option to put in our bodies. Just like with anything else in the world, we, we can look at something and if it looks pleasurable or if it looks enjoyable, it looks like something that you would have fun with, that doesn't necessarily make it right. David's looking at Philistines and who they are, and he's thinking they're a powerful nation. And they're, they're trying to destroy Israel. Maybe they would, in my mind, it seems right that if I go over there, that they're going to like me because I'm, I'm the mightiest warrior in Israel. And so now the Philistines are the mightiest warrior of Israel fighting against Israel. It made sense to me. I mean, for crying out loud, the king of Israel is trying to kill him. So it makes sense to, to flee the country, to go do something different. But do you really believe that that was God's plan for him? It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, we, we get on Saul, and Saul's a terrible person in history right here. But the truth of the matter is, is that David ends up losing a wife because he ran from Saul. If you read the scriptures there, Saul had actually given his wife away to another man. Do you think that was God's plan? David ran from his responsibilities. 
And I'm not saying that any of us would have made a better decision, but I'm just saying because he ran, he lost some blessings from God. Because he ran, um, now here he is in the land of the Philistines. He's surrounded by the enemy. He's made a bad decision. And it all starts because he started it in his heart. He didn't do a couple things here. I want us to look at that. Uh, the first point I want to make this morning, if you'll turn to Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to be in Proverbs. Um, there's like four verses for the rest of the day. Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. The point I want you guys to take from this is, is this. And everybody listen. The soul in error turns to what seems right. We've all done that. The soul that's in error, the soul that's making bad decisions, turns to what seems right. It's, it's not right, but it seems right. It seems like a good decision for the moment. Proverbs 14, 12. Look at this verse. I love this verse. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. We talked about that this morning. There's a way that seems right, but it actually ends in death. What, what decisions are you making this morning that seem right to you? You know? Well, Daniel, it's my life. I'll do with it what I want to be. Yep, that's called free will. You can do what you want to do. Doesn't mean you should, though. I could go over in front of a train if I wanted to. Doesn't make it right. I could get a ladder, climb up on top of the church steeple, and jump off, but that doesn't make it smart. But yet somehow, humans think, well, I can go out here and live this way or, or sin this way, and everything's going to be okay, and it's not. David is learning quickly that just because it feels right and seems right to him, that doesn't make it right. Now we're getting on David, and we're looking at David's bad side this week, last couple weeks, really. But the thing is, is that haven't we all been there? Haven't we made bad decisions? There's probably people today that decided, man, that, that bed's a lot more comfortable than a pew this morning. I get it. I'm tired. We, we had a little boy that didn't want to sleep last night. He slept when we didn't, and then he was ready to, you know, he just kind of thinks we need to wake up when, we, when he's awake, so. So we were, weren't we, Joni? <laughs> it's okay. I'm not griping. I'm not, don't have pity on Daniel. I mean, you can have a little bit if you want. I wear, I wear a size coffee if anybody needs it. <laughs> That's what I wear. But the thing is, is that <laughs> when we're thinking about the goodness of God, we have every reason to follow him. But David, David did too. David had experienced. I mean, remember the David in the Psalms that was fighting, you know, bears and lions and, and tending sheep. And, and the David that just a few chapters ago, he was defeating a, a Goliath, a giant. By the power of his God. And now, one thing I can see in the sadness in that first verse there. David reasoned in his own heart. It seemed right to him. So a soul in error turns to what seems right. The second point I want us to look at here. and It's just the next chapter over. Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 22. And, and this man, it just kind of cuts to the chase here. Proverbs 15, 22, it says, Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Jack, go back to that, that previous screen there. The point that we were going to look at here is that the soul in error does not seek godly counsel from others. I want you to look around you this morning. Look at the people within the church. Because some people think, well, church is not important. 
I disagree. Because here's the thing, David, do we see anywhere in the story where he goes up to those, one, of those, one of those 600 men that he has faith in, that he goes to battle with, that he lays his life on the line with these guys? These 600 guys, you don't see where David went to them and said, hey, what do you think about moving to the, the land of the Philistines? You never once see that. David reasoned with his own heart. In the church, right here where we're at, God has given us people that we can go and get godly counsel from. We're, we're having a hard time. We're making bad decisions. There's people here who are believers in Jesus who read the word of God, maybe who have been where you're at. And they can help you make better decisions, make you, uh, help you to, to make these decisions that really matter. I heard a, a quote one time, and it said that the, what you're going through right now is preparing you to be somebody else's superhero later. What you're going through now, you're going through a rough time, don't make bad decisions. Make good decisions. And so later you can go back and say, hey, here's what God did for me. I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, things I've went through, you know, just, just failures I've had even. And then someone comes to me and they have the same issues. They, they've went through the same stuff or they're going through the same stuff. And I'm able to show them what God did for me. Guys, the church, the people in your circle who know God, who trust God, you need to be going to them for counsel. David neglected that. He didn't go and ask anybody's opinion. He's the mighty David, the king kill, uh, the, the, the Goliath killer, right? That's what he does. He thought he had it all together, so he reasoned with himself. Church, we can't be people who just reason with ourselves. We need to turn and look around us and maybe just go ask somebody else's advice or just maybe have a time of prayer with a brother or sister in Christ. I'm as guilty as anyone. As a pastor, sometimes I'm just like, because I, I think by nature I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. I just say, hey, if we're going to do it, let's do it. And that can be good and that can be bad. But sometimes, man, Daniel's got to stop and just go ask for some advice or ask for some prayer. A soul in error neglects seeking godly counsel. Are you seeking godly counsel today? Here's what I'm saying. The church is here for that reason. We're here to glorify God, but part of glorifying God is strengthening ourselves. Remember the verse from last week to not neglect, you know, the love between the saints. And he was saying, you know, that, that, you know, we need to love the world, but even more so the fellowship. We need to love each other. If we're going to take love to the world, we need to be loving each other. That whole thought that we had last week that if we're, if we're showing that the, the world that Jesus is love, we need to be loving each other within the church too, supporting each other, helping each other grow. It's the importance in, in life groups. It's the importance in Sunday school. It's the importance in this right here. Holy Ghost Winter Roast is coming up. Anybody excited about that? That's a fun time every year, right? I think it's the 27th or 28th? October. It's coming up. It's a time in which we come together and we just, and, and I think one thing every year, we all, at the end of the Holy Ghost Winter Roast, everybody's like, why don't we just hang out more? Why don't we just fellowship more? Why don't we just seek counsel from each other more? Why don't we do that? I don't know why we don't do that, church, but we need to be growing in that area, seeking counsel from, from, from other godly people, people who are seeking the will of God in their life. That's who you need to be going to. And, and this idea that without counsel, plans fail. If you're not, if you're not planning it, it's going to fall apart at some point. 
You guys ever tried to build something and not follow a plan with it? You're just like, ah, we'll just, we'll just start putting it up. We'll just start putting it up. And, and I was thinking of a couple weeks ago, uh, the fire department, we got together and we are building a shed to put like some uh, uh, radio repeater equipment up here, up at Wrightville, up on top of the hill. So we built this shed and you had guys who had built probably, you know, a hundred sheds in their time. Daniel's, I think I've built a total of zero sheds in my life, you know. But uh, I'll, I'll never forget, they were putting the, they were putting the metal up, and uh, Mike Cassinger, he goes, here, Daniel, take, take this chalk line. So I'm like, all right. And he, he, like, I don't guess he has any faith in me, because he goes ahead and just brings it over, and then just says, just hold that. <laughs> so I'm just holding it. Well, I didn't know exactly, I didn't know his plan, like what he was doing, so I'm just holding it, and we're... It's like a bunch of 12-year-old boys up there. We're just talking and joking and having a good time, you know. And, and I'm just holding it. Well, I didn't know I was supposed to actually put the line on a specific area so that it's a straight line. Because they're going to come back and they're going to put the screws in, right? Well, I'm just, I'm talking. I don't know what we're talking about. But I, I'm just sitting there holding it. And he pops it. And the line's like this. Well, what's funny is like, you can laugh at me. But I think Kevin Lindsay, a couple others, come back with a screw gun, and they just followed that line. <laughs> doop, 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 doop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like uh, we, we don't seek counsel from each other. We weren't communicating. We were communicating, but just not about building a shed. And the thing is, is that you have to have a plan in order to succeed. Now, I'll have to say this. From then on, I... I could pop the tightest chalk line you've ever seen. It was just awesome, right? It was good. But we weren't communicating. In church, we need to be communicating with each other. When we talk about the goals of the church, we talk about what it is that we want to do here. In your families, you need to be communicating with your spouse, with your kids. Jody and I, we, man, we've been focusing in on some stuff, you know, budget. I hate budgets. Jenny will tell you that. I hate budgets. She's like, okay, Daniel, we're at the end of our budget for eating out. And I'm like, what? Are we going to starve the rest of the month? What, what's the deal? And she's like, no, it's not that. It's, we have money. It's just it's, we're not budgeted to go eat a steak or you know, whatever. Okay. And, and the reason I, I'm glad I have her in my life because she kind of keeps me in track. And I keep her in track on some stuff. But you know, we balance each other out. But the thing is, is that that's a plan we have so that we can construct a future that we want not a future that we don't want. And so if you're not planning for the future, you never know what's going to happen. If you don't plan in this. And so what, what importance does the church have? The church has this importance in that we are planning together. We're, it takes a church to do this, you know. And, and, and when it comes to giving of your time or giving of your money or whatever, that's important. You need to be online with the church to understand what we are going to do in the future. So we need to be planning. We need to be looking around to the people around us and, and seeking what God's will is for our life. The last point I want to make, so we've talked about that the soul in error does what they seem right. The, the, the second one was the soul in error turns to himself and doesn't seek godly counsel. The last one is the soul in error turns to himself and does not seek counsel from God. So back to that first verse one there, okay? I want you guys to think about this. David said to himself. David said in his heart. Not to the people around him. And catch this. David 
the giant killer, the little snot-nosed kid who went and killed a, a giant because he was talking about God. He doesn't even talk to God. He doesn't even ask God's opinion on things. He doesn't go to him and say, God, what? should I move to the land of the Philistines, God? Is this something, is this your plan for me? No, he reasons within his own heart. I, we probably do that sometimes because we're like, well, surely this is the will of God. We look for signs. We, something happens or, or, you know, you're driving down the road and you're looking for a sign and, and something just pops up and you're like, well, that must be the will of God. That's not necessarily the will of God because something like that happens. I've had it happen to me before. I think, well, that's the will of God. I got in the car and, and turned on, you know, Edge Radio or whatever. I turned it on and, man, they're playing, they're playing, uh, you know, some song that I listened to back in the 90s. This must be the will of God since the Lord played this song on the radio station today. I'm, I'm going to go through and make this decision now. But that's not how it works. We need to be making concentrated efforts on asking God what his opinion is. And the only way you can do that, everybody hear this, the only way you can get God's opinion for your life is to communicate with him and to listen. The only way you can know what God wants for your life is to communicate and listen. Are you listening to God? A lot of us are really, man, we're, we're really good at praying. God, I want this. God, do this. I have believers in Jesus Christ that I know, but they, they're, they're wrong in their prayer life because it's like they, they think God's some genie in a bottle, you know? They think God's someone that they can demand that if they say this prayer, then this will happen. That's not how prayer works. Prayer is our hearts becoming in line with the will of God. So when, when we pray, we're praying the will of God, and then we're seeing answers. We're not in control here, church. Well... I want to pray for healing for this person. You ever thought that maybe God, that's not his will? I know that seems cold, but have you ever thought that? We don't like to think of a God like that. Well, he wants to heal everybody. No, God wants to save everybody. Because the truth of the matter is, is that what mankind has put in motion in this world is imperfection. God created it in perfect unison. Everything in this world worked perfectly. We lived in a world, mankind did, before the fall, in which you didn't even eat bacon. And that seems weird to me. But it worked. Somehow, people lived without bacon or hamburgers. We went to McDonald's, or McDonald's, went to, well, I'm glad we didn't go to McDonald's. We went to, uh, went to, to Muskogee, Muskogee McDonald's, same thing. Uh, we went to Muskogee last night. And we're kind of like asking everybody, hey, what do you want to eat? Jolie had been gone all week, so we'd, we'd met up, the, up there in Muskogee. And, um, we're sitting there, we're like, well, well, let's go get something to eat. And we're on a budget, so, you know, Colton's is out. It's like, ah, oh, man. Well, what do y'all want to eat? What do y'all want to eat? The kids are like, Panda Express. I'm like, no, no. I'm hungry in 30 minutes. It's good, though, by the way. Daniel, what I wanted was a, like a big old bronze hamburger. I'm just getting, as I get older, my tastes are just getting even simpler, I guess. I just want a hamburger, you know? But there was a time when, like, I guess you could have survived on rice and vegetables, you know? 
It was all good then. It was perfect. And, and that seems wrong to me because I love bacon and I love hamburgers and I love pizza and I love all this kind of stuff. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that, that God created stuff very much differently than the way we feel things are supposed to be. Because the Bible teaches us that in the beginning, everyone, there was no meat eating. There was no killing. There was no murder. I saw a video this week, and I know it's probably misconstrued, and it's anti, you know, anything that has to do with what I like, but it was a chicken farm, and all the chickens were deformed, and people were stepping on them and kicking them and you know, playing football. And all. It's crazy. I'm like, okay, come on. It's not really that bad. But there was a time when this world where everything was perfect. It's very much different than it is now. Is everybody kind of catching what I'm saying this morning? It's very different. It's, it's normal for us to eat bacon or eat ribs or eat steak or eat hamburgers. But there was a time where things were very much different, and that was God's perfection. But sin came along, and it, it even changed the way we view food. It changed all of that. Do you think maybe that the way the world's reconstructing what God's will is for mankind, do you think maybe we might be wrong? And you might just might see the importance of going to God and asking his opinion on things. Church, we need to be doing that. A, a, a soul in error, a church in error, a mother in error, a father in error is someone who doesn't seek what God's will is from God himself. We need to be doing that. Look here in Proverbs chapter 3, and this is the last verse for the day, but Proverbs chapter 3, look at this, church. I love this. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Man, I love this. This is a verse from my childhood. I remember learning this verse in Sunday school. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Everybody hear that? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. I remember learning this. My Sunday school teacher in, in elementary was this lady named Charlene. Oh, Charlene. She's a wonderful lady. She, she, she taught Sunday school with, with fervor and gusto. I mean, she, she, every week she showed up, she was prepared, she was teaching us. By the way, if you think Sunday school is not important, think about this. This verse means a lot to me because Charlene taught it to me. Not because mom and dad and everybody else, but Sunday school taught some fundamental basics to me. And as I'm looking back on this, I mean, I can see where my life was was shaped not because Daniel's good or because Daniel's a pastor or because Daniel's dad was a pastor or anything like that. My life was shaped the way it is right now because someone told me to not trust myself but to trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do you trust in your car with all your heart when you go out there to start it and drive down the road? You probably do. I mean, you, at least you hope so, right? You hope it starts. <laughs> David, you hope you don't get stuck driving 20 miles an hour up you know, Beaver Mountain Road or whatever. You hope that that's true. But, but the thing is, is that um, when we talk about who God is, we need to be trusting him with our whole heart, not just part of it. According to this passage in 1 Samuel, David was not trusting God at all. He was trusting in himself. Again, who? David the giant killer. David the man who was esteemed. People sung songs about David. He was, he was popular in the nation for his faith. 
And here he was, a man washed out, a man who did not have faith in God, who didn't even show it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. I think everybody likes that first part because we're like, the idea of trusting in God with our whole heart, we all want that, don't we? We want people to say good stuff about us at our funeral. Man, that guy or that lady, they, they trusted God. They trusted God. But the last part there where it says, and don't lean on your own understanding. That's hard. That's harder done than said. We, we can say it and, and be like, yeah, I don't trust in my own understanding. But that's, that's sometimes, you know, we just want to trust in what we feel is right. You guys see why it's important to read your Bible? To go to church? To seek God's will? Because if you're not doing those things, you're going to make decisions based on what the world's been telling you, right? The world's telling us all kinds of stuff. The world's telling us, hey, do what you want. Live it up. You only live once. You have the right to do whatever you want. That's not the, that's not the way of God. God's not teaching us that. He's telling us don't trust in yourself because you're, you're, you're broken. Don't trust in what people say because guess what? They're broken. We trust in who? In God, who alone is perfect and, and, and right in all his ways. The last thing there says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. He will direct your paths. If you trust in God in all your ways, it's not just in some of your ways. David was, maybe he was still trusting in God in some areas. I imagine David was still blessing his food before he ate it, you know? It might have started raining, and he would say, God, thank you for the rain. He may have said things like this, but when it came to the big decisions in his life, he wasn't even asking God. In Proverbs, we see where if we trust in God with our whole heart, we, we seek him in all of our ways. If you're a writer in your Bible, by verses 5 and 6, write the word all and circle it. All you can sum up those two verses, it's all. It's, it's everything. It's not just part of it. Some of us are really good to give, you know, an hour or so a week to God. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to give it to God. Or some of us are good even to maybe give one hour a day, but the rest of the day we live like hell. We do what we think's right. We approach situations at work based on what we think's right. We say stuff to people based on what we think we have the right to say to them. And the truth of the matter, guys, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, we trust in God and God alone. We make all of our decisions based on what we feel His will is for us. And I got to tell you that when I'm doing that, I've never had more freedom in my life. I've never had more freedom in my life. You know, the thing is, is that we've been doing ministry here together for a while now. And I got to say, I'm not ashamed of anything this church does. If somebody doesn't like your church, I'm like, kind of like, well, that's just a personal preference. Because here's the thing. I believe that at this church, we are following the will of God and we are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't have anything to be ashamed of. Because God is, God is perfect in all his ways. Amen? Amen? So we keep going and we keep preaching the gospel and we keep fellowshipping with each other and growing each other and going and telling other people so that they too can grow in Christ. That's the big picture here. But we can't do it if we're relying upon ourselves and what we think is right. We can't do it if we don't rely upon our brothers and sisters in Christ and ask for counsel from them. And we sure can't do it if we're not going to go to God. And if our relationship with God is hurting, 
I believe our decision-making process is going to be hurting too. I've seen it time and time again where, where people kind of got away from you know, praying and they got away from reading their Bible and they got away from coming to church and then they started making bad decisions one right after the other. They started making decisions and it, it all started because they weren't true to God and who he is. See why it's important to pray? Everybody say amen. amen. I know you're hungry and you're thinking of making bad decisions at McDonald's or El Jaracos or something. You see why it's important to pray? Everybody's going to go to Subway and get like a veggie salad with extra veggies or something. Nobody's going to do that. Y'all are like, no, I'm thinking queso at LJ's. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Big Mac because LJ's is going to be busy. See what's important to pray? And not just demand things of God, but to listen to Him. You see why it's important to read your word? Your faith's not growing because of your works. Your faith's growing because of the word. It's through the word that we grow. See what's important to look at the people around you? Because guess what? I found this time and time again. People will come to me and they're struggling with something. And, and I end up talking to them about how I was struggling with something, too. And then we helped each other out. You need each other. You need the church. You need brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you all have to get along and like the same stuff in life? Nope. Do you all have to have the same political affiliation? Nope. Do you have to go to the same church? No. I have wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing all kinds of stuff in different parts of the world. I got a brother in Christ today. He's in Africa today. You know? I have people that go to churches that they worship very much differently than we do. But we need each other. In church, we need God in our life. We need God in our life. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. Our Heavenly Father, as we wrap this morning service up, Father, I believe with my heart that if we didn't, if we didn't take anything from this, it's because we're just we're running in opposition to you. Lord, I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts at this moment. And Lord, you want for us a life that's blessed. And God, your desire is that all is the word, that that we give our whole heart, all of our heart to you, that that Lord, every area, all areas of our life are given to you. And David missed it for a time, sure, but, but he missed it and he made some bad decisions. And it wasn't just decisions that affected himself, but Lord, it affected 600 men and their families. God, help us not to turn to ourselves. Lord, help us to look to those around us who are godly and seek counsel from them. And God, help us to look to you, the author and finisher of our faith. I was asked today, Lord, if there be anyone here who does not know you, they've never asked you to be their Savior. Father, it's not my words speaking now, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking to their heart. Because God, we know that all of sin, all have fallen short of God's glory, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
And that, Lord, if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. God, would you call people to you today? Would you call believers to you today to, to, to put on the full armor and, and, Lord, to go about this week different than they have in the past, to be closer to you, to be reaching out to their neighbors, to be doing the things, God, that you've called them to. Lord, help us to, help us to seek you with it all, with all that we are. In your most holy name, amen.